Heartbreak. Wobble. Despair. Let down. Choke. These are words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your host, Robert Taylor and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. And hello, Atlanta sports fans. And we are back. I'm your host, Robert Taylor. Right across from me, we're sitting at a different angle this week, but he's across from me nonetheless. It's the Commissioner, Mark Rich. And this is Believe in Atlanta Sports. And we are dropping bows like Dusty Rhodes on episode number 44. And that number means something to us folks in Atlanta. And we're going to talk about it a little bit tonight. And we're going to start out with, not even arguably, the most famous 44 in Atlanta history, Mr. Henry Lewis Aaron. But we got another one. Not quite as famous, but still a legend in his own sport. The Pistol, Mr. Pete Maravich. He was 44. And he's an LSU Tiger. So, with that being said, let's kick off 44 and let's pay homage to some guys and, and, and shoot the bull and, and toss some facts around about these guys. So, let's talk about Hank, the hammer, hammering Hank. Boy, what, 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 I mean, what can you say? Home run king, to me, always will be. I don't give a shit about Barry Bonds' lying, steroid, juicing ass. He cheated, knows he cheated. End of story. He took the cream. He took the clear. He had to take performance-enhancing substances to beat Hank's record. Sorry, don't, don't asterisk, count. null and void. Hank is the king. You can argue with me all day. You're not going to change my mind. You're not going to sway me. He's a true home run king. But let's talk about Henry Lewis Aaron. February 5th, 1934, Mobile, Alabama. He is born into the world, and he had six brothers and sisters. He was one of seven. Sadly, we lost him on January the 22nd, 2021 at 86. Died in his sleep. But boy, what a life he led. What a life he led. <clears throat> he spent 23 MLB seasons playing professionally. 21 with the Braves, 2 with the Brewers. And what doesn't make sense is, you know, I did, did my little fact hunting today. It says he was a 25-time All-Star. But he only played 23 seasons. That's how good he was. <clears throat> yeah, he was so good. He made two all-star games that didn't even get played. <laughs> but but did he did get, make... He get voted in both leagues? Uh, you know, no, yeah. Because in 54, that was his rookie year. So he was an all-star from 55 to 75. And in 75, he was playing for the Brewers. Spent 75 and 76 with the Milwaukee Brewers. But he also was a Milwaukee Brave. Won the World Series in 57. They swept those dirty Yankees. And what a Braves team that was. Some good guys on that team, man. Warren Spahn being one of them. Christy Mathewson being another one. So anyway, uh, you know, what, what does Hank mean for the city of Atlanta? He means a lot. He was a very prominent figure in this city. 
not just as a ball player, but as a human being. Uh, he owned some Mercedes dealerships. He was very heavily involved with the NAACP and everything that went with, uh, you know, race and culture in the 60s, especially when he was chasing uh, Babe Ruth. Him and his family endured some just horrid, horrid things. His hair was falling out, death threats, you name it. They did not want him breaking the Babe's record for no other reason, his skin color. And that's the world we lived in back then. But he broke the record. And we got some more stats and stuff, but I'm going to tell you, the reason why I like Hank Aaron is because he just I never got to meet him. I got really close to him in and around the stadium a couple of times, like within a couple of feet, and, you know, hey, there's Aaron. But, it, you know, there was always a mob around him, so I wasn't going to fanboy out. And I've never been that guy either. I, I, I've... Having a brother out in L.A. and just being around Atlanta, I, I've run into some famous people. I'm just, I just leave them alone. I'm just one of those people that's like, they're just normal just like us. So anyway, no flash, no nothing. Just a no-nonsense guy. He showed up, he played the game, he went home. There was no, you know, gold chains, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but the guy, just no batting gloves, just came to the field to play, work hard, and go home. Now, another cool fact, though, is a lot of people don't know this, that his brother Tommy played in the ML, in MLB. They were the first brother duo to play uh, in a playoff game, and they also, <laughs> this is funny, they're the, they, they led the league for a while in home runs with 768, Hank hitting 755 of those. So. <laughs> and our good friend, the night he hits 715 to break Babe's record, our good friend, Dusty Baker was in the batting circle. He was on deck, so he got a front row seat to that one. What a night that was. My ex-wife's mother was there. That's beside the point, too. But, uh, yeah, just you know, I mean. the Fun fact. Yeah, uh, the greatest brave ever in my, in my book, just the way he carried himself, the way he played the game, the, the icon that he is, um, you know, just – Every direction you look when you're in the stadium, there's something honoring Hank. Oh, yeah. I mean, they honored him with the World Series ring. Uh, there were 755, uh, I think, diamonds. And then 44, uh, there was another, I think it's 44 emeralds or something like that. But anyway, they honored him in the World Series ring. They honored him at Game 3. He owns a few MLB records still today. He uh, uh, For most RBIs, 2,297. Most career total bases with 6,856, and most extra base hits with 1,477. And, you know, they're just, he just was a humble guy, very soft spoken. And I just, I just like how he'd always acted like he'd been there before. You know, I'm not saying I don't like some of the flash and pizzazz that some of these other players have, but I really just liked, you know, he was kind of all business, just very low key guy, very kind of an all shucks kind of guy. Uh, and another great story, and if you can believe this, the, so he, he grows up in Mobile. They don't have organized baseball. His family can't afford equipment. So you know how he learns how to hit? Hitting bottle caps with sticks. So if that's not going to work wonders for your hand-eye coordination, yeah. hitting a bottle cap with a stick. Um, but then there was the Mobile Bay Bears, who actually just recently uh, built a new facility down there, and they named it Hank Aaron Field. Then he played for the Indianapolis Clowns. And when he first came up, he batted cross-handed. So he batted with his left hand on top of his right hand as a right-handed hitter, and they had to correct that. 
which is pretty funny. But he it worked. He had a tryout for the Brooklyn Dodgers at 15, didn't make it, comes back home, and here's the best part. This is a great, great story. He had a contract from the Giants in his hand. He was going to sign. There was this other guy named Mays that was playing for the Giants then that was pretty good. Maybe you've heard of him. But he doesn't sign with the Giants because the Atlanta Braves or the Milwaukee Braves at the time offered him $50 more a month. And Hank famously said, the only thing that kept me and Willie from playing together was 50 bucks." So I can't even imagine what that would have been like having him on the Giants. Like, wow. They would have, they would have won some World Series. I mean, and they did. The Giants were good back then. But I just think, you know, I don't, you know when I think of Atlanta, Anytime anybody asks me, like, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Atlanta? Almost instantly, for me, Hank Aaron comes to mind. I think of a couple of other things. I think of Coca-Cola, and I think of the varsity. But, you know, for me, Hank Aaron is just like, you know, they say is as American as apple pie. He just, I don't know. There's just something about him. He had this air about him. And I think he would have had that air about him had he not been a famous baseball player. I think, I think no matter what Hank Aaron would have done in life he would have been very successful at but just a fine human and the greatest brave ever and i wish you know and like you said everywhere you look at at the truest you see it but well you just know what he you know what he meant mm-hmm. he meant a lot he's it's it's everywhere you can't you can't go in there if you knew nothing about baseball and you walked in to see a game there you'd be like who the who's this Hank Aaron guy yeah uh he's got his own uh level at the stadium, but like we said last week, I, I wish they would somehow, you know, Aaron Field at Truist Park. We said it last week. We're saying it this week on episode 44, and I just thought it made sense. to If episode 44, we should we should talk about Hank for a minute. Mark's got some fun things to talk about. I got a whole bunch of stuff we could get into. but Today in history, <clears throat> he actually uh, he passed Joe DiMaggio on the all-time home run list. Joe D, Joe D. I mean, you know, and, and he's – it's hard to say who the greatest baseball player of all time is. I don't think you really can because there's different eras, obviously, you know. But he's up there. I, I would say Hank Aaron, top ten all time. And you're talking Mantle, Mays, Ruth. He just played the game with class. Played it with style. Played it with grace. And, you know, he, he never – he never complained. Go back. I challenge you to go back and find him complaining about, you know, you like a lot of these guys today do. You know, he just, again, he was just all different business. Time. He was a workhorse, and it was a different time. He showed up. He played. He, I mean, he got, he's got a presidential, uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Just tons of, 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 of accolades and awards for, the you know, the life that he led. 86 years he lived, and... I think he's just important, just as important as an activist as he was as a baseball player. And it, I, I wish I would have gotten the pleasure to just talk baseball with him for five minutes. Is Hank the biggest head on your Atlanta Mount Rushmore? Yeah, it is. Because uh, I can't think of it. I mean, God, I mean, if you go down the list, you know, Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, Bobby, Chipper, Dale. There's a lot of great Braves. But for me, I just feel like because he did – such a monumental thing in breaking Aaron's record. And listen, you know, even though the math doesn't add up, the guy, except for his rookie year and the last year he ever played, all that time in between, all-star. Yeah. Well, no, I, he, he should be the biggest head if, if, if that's how you feel. You know, some people who don't 
don't have that connection to them, you know, might think it, it might be chipper for somebody younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who just <clears throat> had chipper for his entire career knows what Hank did, but like that's that's in the past to them. So a lot of people will put chipper up there or somebody else up there. But yeah, I, I mean, just overall body of work. Hank Aaron is what he means and and what he did and who he is. Like he he is. I mean, he he might be the he's got to be the biggest head on the Atlanta sports Mount Rushmore, like of all sports. I can't think of an equal. And you could put Chipper up there because, listen, neither you or I got to see Hank play. I mean, we're older guys, but shit, by the time I was born, Hank had been retired two years. So I never got to see him play, but I've seen plenty of video and read books and talked to other baseball people. And I just think even if you didn't, even if you're a a 20-year-old kid today, and you hear the story of Hank Aaron, you have to give it to him. I'm sorry. I don't think there's an argument. I mean, and, and, and you go back to the Milwaukee Braves, you know, the, the, the team that swept the Yankees in 57 when Hank won the World Series with that Milwaukee team. Warren Spahn, Eddie Matthews, Christy Mathewson, some great guys. I mean, if, and some people will go all the way back and say the best Brave ever is Rabbit Moranville. And you, got, and, and you could arguably – say that maybe Babe Ruth was because he coached and played for the Boston Braves who became the Milwaukee Braves, who became the Atlanta Braves. Eh, stretching it a little bit, but he did play for him. But he was old and washed up. <laughs> but he did. Babe Ruth, we can claim Babe Ruth as a Brave. He actually has a couple of jerseys on the little, when you go by the water fountain, the waterfall, and you do the whole loop. I think he has one jersey up there. We're not going to do that, though, because we're not Ohio State fans, right? No, we are not. Okay. We are not. But... Ba- the babe did play for we the could. Braves, but we yeah, could. we just choose not to. I don't even know who else you would put on. I mean, so oh man, you put Hank there, you put Chipper there. I, you got to put Bobby up there just because of how he brought the Braves to national prominence and, and made them a winning franchise. Because they definitely were not for those two years in the '80s when Murph was here and they went back to back pennants. But outside of that, the Braves didn't do much from '66 so, to '91. And, and you're talking that's your that's your just Braves or Atlanta sports? All Atlanta sports, because who man who from? I mean, you got like, I guess maybe you, Matt Ryan from the Falcons. Can maybe you, can you claim Dion? Like, is I always I always <clears throat> struggle with that one because like, is he great? Yeah, but he played a small portion here. Yep, and then a portion multiple other places. So I don't. I mean, as far as, like, great people that had a cup of coffee in Atlanta, sure. But, yeah. I mean, most of your <clears throat> most of your Mount Rushmore is coming from the Braves, if you're being honest about it. I do I do think Matt Ryan deserves a spot up there because he is, the, I mean, got to be the arguably, greatest, gotta be the greatest arguably, Falcon. Arguably, um, because there are a lot of people that will disagree, but greatest Falcon of all time. See... Yeah, we I, don't we don't have to go down that road because we, we yeah. can. But like, well, now that we're on it, I kind of want to maybe an honorable mention, but I kind of want to put Gerald Riggs up there. He was a great Falcon on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he gets like a little. You get four from all sports, and Gerald Riggs has a special place in your heart. Oh, he I just love watching that in the side of a mountain. I just loved watching that dude tote the mail for the Falcons, man. Sure, just give him a high five and a pat on the ass. You don't have to etch him in a mountain. Maybe he gets like a, just a little one, like off to the side. Just like a totally different mountain. Like you have a mountain range in your backyard. Like you have the four big ones, and then they're like in the corner, like honorable mention. You Gerald just have Riggs. like a different path to your your little 
because Gerald's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was a good, he was a good, you know. Yeah, but I mean, so bruiser so of a running back. You, you also have to have like Jesse Tuggle in your wall. Oh, the hammer, there. the yeah. hammer. I mean, Jeff Van Note, Tommy Nobus. You know, there really hasn't been a lot of like polarizing, like great all-time Falcons. Sad to say, but we haven't. I mean, you know, Roddy White, all-time Falcon. I gotta say, sure. Billy White shoes Johnson, but he wasn't that great. But he just had a cool name, and it was fun watching him play. What uh, is? I mean, where does where does Julio end up landing for you? Because no matter nowhere, what kind of, no matter what kind of taste he left in your mouth, he was still absolutely amazing. He's he's yeah. got to be in the conversation of top ten all time. He's te- incredible. Top ten all time foot injuries, toe injuries. Well, sure, sure. Like top ten nagging injuries. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a that that would be the worst list to compile. But yeah, I mean it's frustrating. But I mean if you if you can look through that bullshit and then the contract stuff, you can look through that. And there's no doubting his talent and how actually amazing he was. And I honestly, I think that's that that is one piece of why I think Matt Ryan doesn't get as much credit as he deserves because people will skip over all the amazing shit that he did and focus on the past, uh, the fact that he couldn't get passes very deep down the field to Julio Jones. Like that's that's where they focus. He his arm wasn't strong enough to to get the optimal results from Julio Jones and. Well, I've said it before on this podcast. The reason why I got hurt so much is because dude was in too good a shape. He was in too good a shape. And that's a thing. For those of you who are just tuning in or maybe don't follow sports that closely, that is a thing in professional sports. Not professional sports, just sports in general. I've heard plenty of people say it. Guy's in too good a shape. John Daly always says he's never hurt because you can't pull fat. (laughs) So, you know, but. uh, I love that guy. But I digress. Uh, that's the one cool thing about this show is we do kind of uh, want drift in and out. We did talk about that last night, though, uh, because I, I, you know, I always go, anytime we put an episode out, I always go back and listen and kind of peruse over it. And while the last episode was quite entertaining, we went from Braves to Falcons to Dogs to Braves to Dogs to Falcons. <laughs> so we were all over the place. And let me tell you, it, part of it's because I have ADHD. I can be talking about something, then I see something shiny, and I just totally turn to that. Or random thought pops in my head, and I just totally turn to that. Kind of like what just happened now, because we were talking about Hank Aaron and 44s, and sure took a little left turn, but that's okay. We can always turn the car Honestly, around. Honestly, the beauty of it, and if we, we've known each other for a long time, and shit, just things that you say strike a memory, and, and instead of like holding it and writing it down, we are the get it out of our heads before we forget it people. Exactly. And before we forget, it's worth noting that this is Friday night that we're doing this show. And tonight, Friday night, August the 11th, we got the Dirty Birds are back in action. Probably not going to see a lot. Against the stinky fish. You're going you're gonna to see some guys that are vying for a job. Ritter, what do you think, two series tonight? They, don't, they kick off here in a little bit. Uh, man, I, no. No, I honestly think he probably plays the entire first quarter, but I don't know how many series that's going to be. I, they may stretch him out there. I know they're... I know they're not going to try to leave him out there too, too long. You're probably going to see most of him in uh, uh, game three, like normal. But I, he needs reps. So he does. you don't necessarily want to leave him out there for something weird to happen to him in the preseason. But you also don't want to, like, waste an opportunity to get some 
some some game reps, even though it's preseason, you still want to get out there and get that that the I don't know knock some of the knock some of the rust he hasn't even had time to develop off, but just get him get him ready to get him ready to go. Well, here's the thing I just thought of with our insufferable fan base. The last thing we need is for him to get out there and get hurt. And and they'll talk, you know, they'll jump off a bridge and talk about trading him, and then they'll take that gasoline and pour it on their head and light the match. But do you, see, for me, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people would be like excited, more excited to go with Heineke than, than Ritter. <clears throat> but that's just that's just consuming too much information on the interwebs and just being bogged down in the negativity. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to see what it looks like. I'm not I'm not expecting much at all. I just really want to see football. I'm I'm more excited to see on um, the defensive side of the ball. Uh that's just me personally because I don't think you're gonna get a lot. I don't think you're gonna see any Kyle Pitts. I don't think you're gonna see them do anything real crazy with Bijan or or anybody. I don't think the offense is gonna really open it up. But I do think you I do think you're gonna see uh Des go out there and and air it out a few times. I think he's going to get loose and hopefully uh you know, I don't know, work on some stuff that they've been working on, maybe they're struggling with. Who who knows? I'm not sure. I just know that I am super excited for them to be back and I the defensive side of the ball though, um Okuda being hurt with that ankle. Um we're going to get him back hopefully early in the season. They say it's not too serious, but we don't have really any idea what that means. They said early in the season, so you're hoping within the first 2 3 4 weeks. Um Clark Phillips also out with a he's day to day with a foot, so he's uh I think it was a Only two players are questionable, and it's Clark and Kyle. And it looks it appears that this game is not televised. Um, so I guess we we can listen to maybe 680. They'll probably have it or something. You, know, you could probably listen on What's the radio. 92.9 is the home of the Falcons. Yep. 92.9, the shame. We get to listen to pukes and smell. It's got to be on TV somewhere. And, right? and do you know who's uh, – it does – you know, I got the ESPN app open, and, and they don't have any TV channels listed. They're probably in Miami. It's, not, it's probably because it's not ESPN. Yeah. They don't uh, want to advertise for nobody. But, uh, you know, when I look up the Braves, it'll say, you know, like Bally Sports South or something typically. But anyway, if, it'll be on. If it's not on TV, you can you can listen. They'll have it somewhere. But what I was going to say is, do you know who's one of those insufferable jump off a cliff? Let's raise the alarm every time we have the slightest little downturn in, in player performance. Mike Bell, man. Hmm. The dude is on Twitter all the time. Michael Jindruski threw a no hitter and Mike Bell's like, why didn't we get him? We didn't get any pitching. We're doomed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Why? Why? And I know. I know. And the I'm, guy that you just said is my friend. The uh, the other guy that threw the no hitter is also Michael. Yeah. Of some sort. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I don't know. Anyway, because I don't care. <laughs> because I told uh, Chris Carducci earlier he mixes our show for us. Uh, the worst statistically speaking player. The worst pitcher, statistically speaking, in all of baseball. The worst physical athlete that's a pitcher in all of baseball can walk out there on the mound tonight, take the hill, and throw a no-no. Nobody, nobody was talking about this guy coming here until he throws a no-hitter. And then it was like piranhas on chum. Every, I mean, Twitter was going wild about how we've made the biggest mistake and we should have got this guy. And I'm like, none of you yeah. were talking about this. Yeah, it, man. And I know I'm repeating myself from last show, 
because we talked about this, you know, pe- people jumping on the hot player, and I was like, none of you talked about Solaire. None of you talked about – nobody. No. Uh, the dude's it, name's Lorenzen, and that would have – Michael Lorenzen, if, yeah. If I, but Jandruski is a Phillies fan. That's why I got it mixed up. Sure. And he was, uh, talk, he was actually on Facebook talking about the no-hitter. Like, it's – it, I saw that though. I saw multiple multiple articles talking about uh, like, uh, did the Phillies make the best move at the trade deadline? Well, like, if if this guy goes out and just keeps throwing no hitters, yeah, he could get shelled next outing. Yeah, it's. I mean, you but you pair you pair the Lorenzen no hitter with what Charlie's fifth shitty start in a row, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. everybody's like, ah. Oh, we could have had that. That's what we should have done. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's silly. It's obnoxious at this point, but it is what it is. Like, it, it's going to be all right. And, and so I was listening to our episode last night, just taking notes, and I was texting you, and, and I got to thinking, and, and I, man, we have really just kind of uh, taken off like a rocket here, and we, we went from Hank Aaron to football, and somehow football led us into baseball, but whatever. It's fun. The one thing I started thinking about is every, everybody, you know, goes, well, why did they run Elder back out there in the sixth? Or why did they do this? Why did they do that? People don't understand, a lot of people. I know you do. I know our good pal Donnie does and some other people. You, you know in the movie Training Day where Denzel goes, shit, son, this shit's chess, not checkers. That's baseball. Yep. A decision Brian Snicker makes with his bullpen today can affect him three weeks down the road. That bullpen had pitched 13 of 14 games, and you're not in the dugout. But I'm going to tell you another story after this. I guarantee you what kind of happened is Snit or our pitching coach, Rick Kranitz, or somebody said, Bryce, we got to get you back out there, bud. Bullpen's gassed. And Bryce might have went, well, man, I'll give it my best. But I'll tell you another story. And you and I know this guy. His name is Brad Kleins. He was a relief pitcher for the Braves for quite a, for quite a uh, few seasons. There's a night where I think a Mets game went about 17 innings. It was a slobber knocker. And I think it was like, it ended up being like 12 to 11 or something like that. But you see Klontz go out, and this is, actually, it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure the Braves got whomped in the end, uh, now that I'm trying to think about it. But this is like 20 years, this is a long time ago. I was a young man. But Klontz is out there. It's raining. He's digging mud out of his cleats, and he's just he's getting bombed. He's having a bad outing. But Bobby walks out, and and, and they kind of get into it, and you know Klontz is doing this, and the announcers basically just said Bobby just went out there and said it's you, the rest of the way. They're not gonna put anybody else in. You just got to take your lumps. We need that. We need the rest. We don't really have any arms, and he just stayed out there, getting rocked, for several innings. You know, I think because I think how the game ended is like it was like eight to eight. Then it was 10 to 10, then it was 12 to 12, and, you know, he's just getting hit up, and then we're hitting them. But you just, Klontz was just like, yeah, I got I to take one for the team. I'm staying out here. And, and people don't realize, like, it really is. Baseball is one of the most cerebral games there are. It is a chess match between your coaching staff and, and your dugout and the guys right across the field. And the, a move you make with a player today can affect you. and it, it can affect how you set up your rotation for the playoffs. People don't realize – how far ahead Snicker and AA and the rest of his crew are, are looking down the road and making moves. That's one thing you really need to understand about baseball. Well, and it says a lot, too, because, uh, like, the fall off of, of people paying attention to baseball and the, the changing of the rules to, to make it more appealing to a younger crowd. But, like you said, it, it's it's a very cerebral sport, and if you like it to its core, 
like the slow games and the pitching duels like that is the stuff that that's intriguing to you or the close games and like the the little moves or uh all the stuff that goes into just one baseball game let alone a couple of series let alone a whole season like all that stuff that goes into it is some of the coolest parts about baseball not mm-hmm. just going out and watching people shell a bunch of home runs you know what i mean but i think obviously that gets lost over time if 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 it's not getting passed down from generation to generation the same way then like it loses that and like we're in the generation now where you know you, kids get tablets shoved in front of their faces instead yeah. of like go outside and play catch but I'm not judging how you raise your kids or anything like that, but I can just understand why uh, baseball might not be everybody's favorite the way football is because football, it, it it's it's constant, it's mm-hmm. hitting, it's it's everything that that keeps people's attention, whereas baseball can can drag on sometimes, and clearly that's what they're they're trying to my air quotes over here fix about baseball uh, a plan or a move you make in the second can come back and bite you in the ass in the 7th or the 8th. Hmm? And I'm going to ask you a question, true or false. I already know the answer because I know you're going to know, but this is something else people probably don't realize. In a 162-game season, not saying this happened with the A's or the Cubs or whatever, 110%, true or false? Well, for me, it's 110% true, but true or false? In a 162-game season, Brian Snicker and his staff have conceded to losing a game. Because of how who played the night before, who pitched the night before, who's who's resting, who's in the bullpen, what's my next start going to look like? True or false? They they actually they they make moves and go. You know what? We've got a twelve game lead. We're thirty games above five hundred. I'm willing to to lose one tonight. I'll say to true. benefit. I'll say true know. with clarification. Like. You're never trying to lose, but you're not doing. You're not going the extra mile to try to win in certain situations. But, mm-hmm. but obviously, everybody on your team is going to try to win. But like when you have an option of putting somebody in that you know gives you a, a decided advantage in that situation, rather than you know just playing it as it is. And if you take the L, you take the L. Like yes, I concede. I I would. I have a hard time with that word. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there are certain times that you you're playing chess. You have to sacrifice a piece for the greater good of the game. The only reason I'll say concede is because I know it happened on teams I played on. Just discussing in the dugout of you know how we want to set up our rotation or what our options are in the bullpen. And they're like, hey, we're gonna leave our starter in for a couple extra innings, and you know, oh, he got blown up. But you know what? It sets us up for the series next week against our biggest rival, or it sets us up for. A you know we have a we have a playoff game or we have a tournament we're we're better prepared and set up more for success down the road by making this move tonight which potentially costs us the game we're willing to concede that loss in order to better be you know prepared yeah I just it happens it happens I just hate the word yeah the word that's it but I I know what you're saying and that's absolutely true you you just it's it's for the greater good you're not going to you're not going to do something in this moment that could that could jeopardize you down the road. You'll take that L right then and there. You'll regroup and you'll be better for it down the road. But you're never saying, "All right, guys, we're done playing today. We're just mm-hmm. we're going to give up. We're just going to give up and call it a day." They don't give up. Yeah, definitely. But they don't. don't they don't go out of their way mm-hmm. to win right there in that game and, and in order that 
where they might jeopardize something down in the future. But yes, I'm 100% in agreement. And you. and here's another thing I think you'll agree with. None of us, not a single reporter, not a single broadcaster, knows Brian Snicker, Alex Anthopoulos, and the Atlanta Braves' full plan. No. But they think they do. They, they're like, no, they, oh, they, they, they go, well, Snicker's a shitty manager for leaving out, you know, putting Elder back out there on the mound on the sixth. Well, nobody asked him why. And I guarantee you, if you could go in the dugout after a game and go, Snit, why'd you do that? He's going to tell you, and you're going to go, oh, okay. Sure. Because he's going to go, well, Mentor uh, went over his pitch count the night before. He's, he pitched three days in a row. He did this, he did it. You know, I was like, I, and I just, man, our bullpen was taxed. I needed more from Bryce. He didn't have it. It costs us the game. I got a staff of people that provide me with information. Mm-hmm. I take that information and I make decisions. Yeah, for the greater good of the team. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why the fuck I did it. And I, man, I did I, it because it was the right thing for me to do at this time for this team. Like, but that's the thing. And it's not. It, you said, do they know what their plan is? No, they know what their plan is. They know what they think they would have done. And when that doesn't yeah. happen, it's it's a trigger. You, oh, did, yeah. you did something I wouldn't have did. Yeah. I don't like that. Never mind the fact you've been in, in and around baseball for 40 years. Yeah. Never mind the fact you got a third base coach that took a Rangers team to two World Series, been in the game for 50 years. Got you, a great first base coach. You know better. Got a great bench coach. You know better. Great pitching coach. You know what I mean? It's like you got 60 followers on Twitter. You know everything. Yeah, and it just and, and you know what I'll concede to? You haters out there, you crazed, bridge-jumping, uh, insufferable fans, you're living rent-free in my head. I'll go ahead and tell you you are because you annoy the piss out of me with your lack, uh, your total ignorance to the, of, of the game and how it's played and how it's operated. And I'll say it again. I know we're a broken record, but it's a good thing you don't run the team because we'd be awful. Yeah. It, it, even as much as I know about baseball, if I ran the Braves, we would stink. We'd be awful. We just, we, I, I could not produce a winning franchise in charge of the Atlanta Braves. Not, you couldn't, nobody, well, not nobody, but, you know, there, there are people, but we ain't one of them. And, and Dave in Sandy Springs isn't one of them either. And neither is Frank in Albany. <sighs> you know? <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just stupefies me how they're like, oh, Brian Snicker's terrible. He has no fire. He makes the run. He doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. And I'm like, you know. Talk about broken record, though. It's, it, it's th- that thing that, like, why? Terrible. You, you lose a couple games, and now you're terrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't it, – make it make sense. Make it make sense for the whole body of work. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that at all the first half of the season. But now all of a sudden something – some switch flipped in him, and now he's just terrible. He forgot how to do everything that you liked him for in the first half. He forgot all of that. You don't you don't take into account anything else that's going along going on. You don't take into account that like I, shit happens. Like it, he's just a terrible manager all of a sudden. Well, okay. Here's what blows just blows me up. Makes me mad. Is because don't tell him your weakness. If you talk about Brian Snicker, there it is around the league. Around the league, ask anybody in Major League Baseball. Anybody that's been around the game, walk up to him and go, Brian Snicker. You know what they say? Because I've heard them say it. Hell of a baseball guy. Good baseball guy. Great. 
Amazing. Good baseball mind. And yet, Frank and Albany goes, yeah, whatever. Those guys don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but he put Charlie out there again. Charlie sucks. You know, and, and it's just like, dude, Brian Sorry. Snicker is not a shitty manager. I, I don't mean that everybody in Albany sounds like that. That's my fault. I, that, I, I don't know where that came Some from. Some of you do. You, you know Some you of do. you do. You know you do. But yeah, and, and so anyway, you're living rent free, and, and here we are again talking about you on our show. But hey, can't you know, wait but, to get you in but the you, live but calls. But you know what? I love you. Mm. I love you. Care Bear Stare, we're doing it. Mm. I'm telling you. I'm just going to embrace you in the warmth that is my love for Atlanta sports, and I'm going to I'm going to give you a little pat on the head, and I'm going to I'm going to rub your shoulders, and I'll tell you everything's going to be all right, and I'm going to try my best to educate you. But like Ron White said, you can't fix stupid. Mm-hmm. And I and I guess I just got to I don't know. I I I, I like getting on Twitter. <laughs> it makes me laugh, but then I see this stuff and I'm just like, what what is it that you got? What is it you don't get? Do you, I, I can't wait till somebody calls in and I'm like, why do you think you know better than a 40 year MLB guy? A guy that spent 40 years in, in all levels of baseball, who has how many division titles have we won in a row now? Five, six, seven, something like that? Sure. Just won a World Series on pace to win another one this year. All yeah. I can see now is. Who's going who to get that's going to be better? All I can see now is you coming home. And, and going through a, like a Mr. Rogers routine where you, you take off your coat. Yep. And then instead of putting on a different one or a cardigan, you put on your troll mask and you hop on Twitter and you go after everybody. That should be. Yeah, I go after Mike Bell quite a bit because he's just stupid. That's he could be a great guy. But as far as Atlanta sports radio host, he's one of those bridge jumpers. He's one of those guys that talks about the hot the hot take stuff. And he was the one of the guys that put the Phillies pitcher up there and was like, what? What have we done? This was, I'm like, come on, man. You didn't talk about him on your show. You didn't mention him. In t- you didn't say a guy we should go get. Hit. You didn't say it. Right. But you didn't does, say it. He does something good, and you're freaking out like Alec- Alex Anthopoulos didn't do his homework. He yeah. just somehow missed this guy. This guy slipped through the cracks. I don't. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> man. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. We've got to actually talk about our next 44. And that's the Pete, the pistol, Pete Maravich. Uh, since we're on uh, episode 44, we, we tossed it around with uh, Hank for a while and gave you some numbers and kind of told you, you know, how, how much he meant to the city of Atlanta and the African-American community. And, like, he wasn't just a baseball player. He was, he was so much more than that. That was just a blip on, the, the, on his radar of his life. It, it was very cool what he did, but he did a lot more outside of baseball too. And I challenge you to go just read up on Hank if you want. Uh, if you're not an Atlanta fan, I think you still should because uh, he did a lot of great things and he was uh, just a class act all the way. But yeah, Pistol Pete, and I hope. No, you know what? I'm going to wait until you're done with your facts because I have one that maybe you already have. But take it away. I 44. I don't have a. I don't have a lot of facts about him. I just I I remember growing <clears throat> up watching the Pistol movie, and I love that. I love that movie so much, but I didn't I didn't know a whole lot about him except for if it wasn't for that movie, I probably wouldn't have known anything about him. But I got really excited when I realized that he played for the Hawks and that's a jersey that I can wear to the game. Um but I you know, I also found out some crazy stuff that uh he actually did not have a left coronary artery. It's actually why he died of a heart attack in eighty eight. Um but the Right side was enlarged and overworked, and that's what what happened. But that honestly, that 
it's kind of weird. I, I never heard that before my entire life. And when I was going down the path of looking at Pistol Pete stuff, um, I realized in looking up players that wear the number 44, Pascal Siakam from the Raptors also wears number 44. And he says he doesn't really want to come to Atlanta. I'm guessing it's probably because Pistol casts a pretty big shadow and he's scared <laughs> to live in it. Um, yeah, no 44 for you, Pascal. Uh, but yeah, what, what's your story? Because I, I mean, I just, I was going through who, I mean, I mean, who do you, who do you go with after Hank? I mean, there's some cool people that were the number 44, but I mean, Hank's definitely like the greatest 44 it, of all time to me. Sure. Across any sport. Just the greatest player to wear 44. So my pistol Pete story is this. When he was at LSU, well, he wore 23. So he was the original 23 before Mike. Had there been a three-point line in college basketball then, he would have averaged 57 points a game. I'm going to say that again. Had there been a three-point line, not, not, not like he would have scored 57 a few times. His average would have been 57 points a game. That is stupefying. Wildly Ridiculous. Absurd. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, man, he, he, I don't want to say he revolutionized the game, but he, he, he was different, man. He was different. A lot, a lot of fun to watch. Highlight film, a lot of fun to watch. Can't talk shooting guards without talking about Pistol Pete Maravich in, in the, in the history of basketball. That's for sure. Uh, and I didn't know about the heart thing. I, I didn't know the whole, you know, story of, of it, but I knew he had some heart troubles and he was only 40 when he died. So yeah, very much I, a young man. That's why I no stats for me today. I went straight down that path. I was like, Holy hell. And just kept reading on that stuff. Um, yeah. So he wore 44 for the Hawks. Hank wore 44 for the Braves. And, you know, like we said in the beginning, we just said, well, it's 44. Those, that, those numbers mean something to us, Atlanta folks, especially Hank. But Mark uh, was the one that brought up Pete and I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I forgot about old Pistol Pete. And then we started to go into the Falcons, but there really isn't any 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 great Falcon. Our uh, anti-44. Yeah, Vic Beasley wears 44. And now I'll get on this, too. Troy Anderson wears it, and I don't like it. I don't like this double number shit that keeps happening in football. It used to not be a thing. Now there's two zeros and two ones and 352s, and it's like you, you can't come up with any other numbers or just everybody gets a trophy. Somebody between Anderson and Beasley, they they got to do some Oklahoma drills or something. Whoever gets their ass kicked, you're 43 or 45. Well, Beasley's long gone. You know what I mean? Like that that number is now Troy Anderson's, and we need Troy Anderson to be good so we can forget about the other people who oh, have ever Vic worn Beasley. it. He's from an Ayersville. Yeah, I mean, Georgia good, product. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Clemson Tiger, just a, I'm sure, just a real great guy. In college. <laughs> but had an awesome season when he had Dwight Freeney here to hold his hand. And, and yeah. other than that, it just didn't work out. But that was part of the uh, that was part of the downturn of the Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov era. Yeah. That's the, uh, like, keep, keep going with your guys to prove that you know how to do your job instead of accepting the fact that you made a mistake and moving on. But I digress. We can, uh, we can look towards the future. Yeah, so not. I guess uh, we had a good bruiser of a fullback at one time named Bob Christian. He wore forty four, uh, but yeah, there's really nothing, nobody that rings out when you think about the Falcons. So, sorry, Falcons. Yeah, we're, but just know, Vic Beasley, you were so, uh, <clears throat> um, what's the word? Disappointing to me 
that I remembered immediately that your number was 44. I think for me, like, uh, this is like when I think of Hank Aaron and like just as a human, and there's several people that have like been, been like this in my life. I, I, like I said earlier, I definitely was around the stadium a lot, Atlanta, Fulton County, Turner field, SunTrust, Truist. I've been to a boatload of games. I have seen Hank. I never got to meet him or shake his hand or get a picture, but I got pretty close, close enough where I could hear his voice. So that being said, I'm saddened that he's no longer here. I, I think the world is, is a little less bright because Hank Aaron's not in it. That's the kind of impact. When, when, when you live a life that impacts others who never met you and they have feelings, you know, they feel a certain way about you, that, that's pretty crazy. That doesn't happen every day. It's, it's, it's not, I won't say rare, but it's just, it's just not something that happens every day where you, you think about someone, celebrity, sports, whoever, and they, and they pass away or whatever. Oh, that's, that's tough. Man, when I found out Hank died, I, I, I cried just a little bit. I was like, damn. And he was 86. It wasn't like he was a young, you know, spring chicken. But, again, he was still a big part of the city, <clears throat> the Braves. And, and you're a big Braves fan. So when you're that big of a part of the Braves before you even started being a Braves fan all the way through it, and you're not even playing and you're that big of a part of the Braves, so it, it, yep. it becomes part of you. Also worth noting, uh, I forgot to mention about Pistol Pete, uh, still the all-time leading NCAA Division One scorer, um, and also you said he would have averaged fifty-seven. The actual average of forty-four point two is not too shabby either. Heck no, and that's that's because they didn't, like I said, they didn't have the three-point line. So, yeah, I mean, forty-four points a game, and if you throw the three-pointer in there, it's fifty-seven. That's just nuts. But Unbelievable. <clears throat> there have only been two other people like that. Like when Hank died, and I was like, damn, man, the that just that's that's just sad. Tom Petty and Tony Bourdain for me. When those two guys uh, uh, took their final bows, I, I, I cried a little bit too. And that's just, that's just something to be said about uh, people and, and, and who they are as people. But anyway, let's not do that. We're, we're not here to cry. We're here to talk about Atlanta sports. You guys cry enough for us. Yes. You could fill an Olympic swimming pool with some of the tears of Atlanta sports fans. Now, worth mentioning, we may not – Maybe we can finagle Tim into letting us take this rig down there, but we may not have a podcast uh, next Friday because we're talking about going down to the Benzo for Falcons Bengals preseason. Uh, we can uh, if we can if we can figure it out how to get in here, get an episode in, and get down there. That'd be great. Um, but I, I, I'm these preseason games. There's nowhere nowhere great to hang out and do that type of stuff down there. In in my personal opinion. Uh, especially since it's it's late in the day, you're gonna have to fight traffic by the time you get there, getting to the game. But either way, if we can get in here a little early, get one, knock one out, and head down there, that would be that would be awesome. Because honestly, the beginning of the game is the most important. Yes, and worth noting, big news, more big news from the Believe in Atlanta Sports cast and crew. By the way, if you know a producer, we're looking for one. We need a producer to get this live show kicked off. Really an engineer? An engineer. An engineer. Anybody uh, savvy with uh, cameras and, and restreams? And Do you like pressing buttons? Yeah, that too. But but more big news. Big news. We said last week we are going to have Chris Shivani on here. 100%. He's coming. We're going to talk Georgia football. Then we're going to do an all-wrestling episode with his dad, the great Tony Shivani. So great wrestling broadcaster but now 
Mr. Cam Rogers, the social director for Believe, reaches out yesterday, and Mr. Will McFadden, formerly of the Falcoholic, but he hosts the Falcons podcast for Believe. He's going to come on here, and we'll have played our final preseason game that Thursday, I believe. That Wednesday or Thursday is the final preseason game. So that Friday, the 25th of August, be sure you catch that episode because the commissioner is going to going to kick it around with Will McFadden. They're going to talk expectations. They're going to talk Will's interview with Arthur Smith on his podcast. It's going to be all Falcons, but the sad thing is, is I'm going to miss it because I totally forgot I have to be in Huntsville, Alabama. And I said, well, I'll, I'll take a computer and a mic. I'll get in there somehow. I'll be at a bluegrass concert. <laughs> By the time the podcast kicks off, I will be watching uh, Billy Strings with a good buddy of mine. And uh, I'm going to miss that episode, but hey, the commission and All Will. it takes is one AirPod, and I'll FaceTime you. Just enjoy both hmm. at the same time. Maybe. Consider it. Maybe. Um, so, yeah, the commission is going to jump all over that with Will. Maybe we'll get old, our friend Tim Cahill to jump in. Who knows? Maybe it'll just be Mark and Will. Maybe Tim will join in. Maybe I can figure out how to sneak in for a little bit. But like I said, hadn't seen my good friend uh, Robbie Intrican out there in Alabama since January of 20, before COVID. So it's going to be good to see my buddy. But uh, I will say this, if you can, guys, if you can work it in your schedule, if you have the discretionary funds, pick up a preseason ticket. Let's fill that stadium up with Falcons fans. Let's fill it up. Let's, uh, let's cheer these guys on. Let's let them know that we're here for them this year. And, boy, I'm telling you, I can't wait for Mark to ask Will if he feels the same way about this Falcons team as we do. I'm not talking about going all the way to the Super Bowl and winning it in year three with Arthur, but what I am saying is marked improvement. We are going to be better than the seven wins we had last year. Write it down in stone. I don't care what you say. Lead pipe lock. Put that in the bank. The Falcons, and I already said 11 and six. We're going to chisel it right next to Gerald Riggs on your little baby mountain. Yeah. Maybe we'll put him on a molehill. <laughs> Gerald Riggs gets a molehill. So... Yeah, try to get down there, man. Really try to get down there. And you, you know what? I, I can't even believe I forgot about this. I should have talked to This should have been the first thing I talked about. I knew this show was going to be a banger today. First of all, we both had our foam QTs. Anytime we both have foam QTs, the show is always entertaining. Well, you've heard me talk about it a lot. It's been a long time. The commission brought Falcon's Wings in. And, brother, you may, you may have eaten wings from here to ten buck two, but you hadn't eaten a wing until you've had a falcon wing. There's some sort of I think it's is it is it Jamie's recipe, the spice blend? I, I talked to him about it and he said they are they are owned by the tailgate. They are bird gang tailgate wings. So there's some sort of special spice that Jamie has flown in from New Zealand. He gets it from like a hobbit village somewhere out there. It's flown in by Condor. Yeah. You heard that? We have we have wings. The spice is delivered to us. The, the key ingredient is delivered from New Zealand by Condor. Beat that. Yep. But, yeah, they, I mean, they really are. And we had this cherry barbecue sauce the last time I had them. We're going to have to do that again this year. But, man, I'm telling you, I still can't wait. Let's talk Bird Gang tailgate for a minute. Actually, I'm not going to do it. This is my first year. You tell them where it's at. Just give them the rundown because we want you to stop by. We want you to take some pictures with us. We want, we want to meet you. We want to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you don't listen – which, why would you hear us now if you don't listen? But we want to get some new listeners. We want to meet everybody. We're going to be down there. You tell them, Kamish. We are, we're right behind. We're in the 
parking lot right behind the tabernacle. You cannot miss us. We are on the uh, the far side, right underneath the graffiti, the old Coca-Cola uh, turned into graffiti sign. Uh, we're, we're there on the corner. You can't miss us. Big old tailgate. Um, but yeah, come on, stop by, see us. Uh, it's a great time every every week. We, It's literally my happy place. And let me tell you, let me tell you how popular the Bird Gang tailgate is. Right now, the commissioner has 40 missed calls. You know what they're all about? The Bird Gang tailgate. I'm telling you. I'm probably lying, but I'm going to pretend that's 40 people. At least people. 39 of them. Yeah, 39 calls. The other one was his mom. Yep. But even she and mentioned mom. the Bird Gang tailgate. So I'm just excited to finally witness it because this tailgate has gone on for damn near a decade now, right? Getting close. Seven seasons. Eight. It's- it's pushing ten. Yeah, I think I think we're hard at eight. I, I I'll have to double check. It's been so fun you lost count. Let's put it to you that way. Not, that's how not fun. Quite the, a decade, but we are close. That's how fun the bird gang tailgate is. It's so fun they can't even remember how long they've been doing it. This is going to be my first year. I will be at that first game. Hopefully, I can find a ticket in the stadium to sit with everybody. But if not, I will guard the wings and and watch the TV. I just can't wait to meet everybody. And talk Believe in Atlanta sports, talk Falcons football, and get down there. And I'm telling you, these guys are serious. I have seen pictures before where these dudes are down there at like 4.30 in the morning, like yeah. before, long before the sun ever comes up. The, game, the first game of the season is always a big one. The first one is where everybody's just chomping at the bit. So uh, we're definitely out there early. Uh, it, it's like Christmas, though. We always have a really difficult time falling asleep on Saturday night. So it makes for it makes for a uh, a tired Saturday morning, but I'm uh, sorry Sunday morning. But as soon as we get there, it, I don't know. It's like riding a bike. The tents go up, grill gets lit, music goes on, and the rest is history. And I I don't think I'm wrong, but if I'm wrong, you'll correct me. If I'm not, and, and this is what a warrior this guy is. Mister Sellers is in Arkansas, is he not? Uh, yep. Home this, base is Arkansas. This cat comes from Arkansas every weekend, gets a hotel room, then turns around and goes back. That's dedication right there. And he don't he doesn't fly, does he? Does he fly? Uh well it, it just it honestly it all depends. But the the way his the way it's set up now for him is a little bit more convenient because he he f- travels for work. So now rather he can drive to if we have back to back games, it's good for him because he can just stay here, drive to the airport, work, <laughs> come back. The stuff's already here, and then drive back after that. So we got a couple of back-to-back home games, which are going to be good for him. But yeah, he's a he's an absolute soldier, and he used to drive around a lot for work too. So uh, the drive never really bothers him, but it's still a lot. But yeah, that's how committed he is, and that's why we go hard in the paint. Man, I wish I was like that. Our buddy Donnie, that dude will get in the car and drive 700 miles without batting an eye. I, I wish I, I am not that guy. My girlfriend's all the time like, hey, I've got friends down in, uh, you know, Deer Daytona. Let's go for the weekend. I'm like, nope. I don't want to drive seven hours on Friday, then turn around and do it again on Saturday. I don't want to drive seven hours to hang out for one day. I don't. It's going to put me in a bad mood. I am not that guy. I'll do little short trips, you know, to Helen or Chattanooga, like a couple hours. But Like I just, for me – it's a time thing. I, I'm, I've gotten to that point to where I value the time so much more than the money that I'll pay for a plane ticket. 
Heck if yeah. I want to go somewhere because it, I, I just rather not. I mean, it depends. Like sometimes there, there's something to be said for like a cool road trip, but for a day trip, that's a lot. Yeah, hell no. I'm not even down for road trips so much. And I, 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 it's because I have an unhealthy fear of perishing in a fiery car crash. That's a There's, fair. I have revealed a truth about me. That is and, a and very it's, fair thing to say. And it's even more so these days because you all know nobody's paying attention out there. Them fools are digging in their floorboard, turning around, messing with the kids or the dog. They're on their phone. They're playing with the radio. Like They are not watching what's going on, and they're all doing 90. Did you not know the best TikToks are filmed while driving on the highway? Most likely. But I got to tell you, though, speaking of Mr. Sellers, who I'll finally get to meet, uh, even if I had the money and lived far away, I don't know that I would be and, – and, man, I love Atlanta sports. I do. I've been to – God, can't even tell you how many Braves games. Hundreds upon hundreds. I might even be in – I might even be in the thousands now. Maybe. Nah, that's not possible. I could be approaching that, though. I, 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 the, I know there was one year I went to like 50-something games. Anyway, that's beside the point. Love the Atlanta Braves. Absolutely love them. I got so many memories I could tell you about them. Hanging out with Grandma, you know, snapping green beans, listening to Ernie Johnson. I, I can go on and on and on. Falcons, too. have always loved the Hawks. Just don't think I'd be like, well, I got to go to Atlanta this weekend. For the Falcons, and that's always the craziest that's, thing. That's for That's commitment. That's all. Honestly, that's the weirdest thing in the world for me because I, I, I think, I think about what it would be like to live somewhere else, and and how I, I, I love the beach, love it, and it would it be awesome to live somewhere where I was close to the beach, and and literally, after I go through all the pros, the very first con is sports. Every single time. All my sports loves are here. Save my love for the Red Sox, but I'm not moving to Boston. So that's it. Like that that's one of the main reasons I would not want to live or live anywhere else is because I mean I do I do love it here, but also like I it would be so few and far between. I have access to all the sports right now and, and that's uh that's that's my fuel. I I, I I enjoy live sports so unbelievably much that I would it would be very difficult or expensive. If I win the lottery, I can move anywhere because then I won't have to worry about traveling. I can just go and do whenever I want. But, man, it's too easy being here right now. Yeah, uh, man, Atlanta's home, but I think about Colorado sometimes, but... What I've got to do is I got to figure out how to ditch the cord. And that's my biggest reason why I hang on to cable is so I can watch all the Braves games because until MLB pulls their head out of their ass and doesn't black out home games when you get the MLB package, which is the most ridiculous it's thing. Stupid. It's stupid. Every one of those every, every professional sports that has that that will black out your games when they're at home. What what like, why do I have to go get a VPN? If I pay yeah. for all of them, let me watch all of them. You can't make it make sense. Is, I, I guess it's because it conflicts with Valley Sports or something. Well, you know, you're, con- you're conflicting wait. with the local station. But I paid for it. I paid for it. What, that, honestly, that's, that's super weird. But, like, I'm talking about if that's all you have and they still black it out and you don't have the option to watch yeah. it on that other channel, it never makes any sense unless it's some sort of deal you have with the the – whatever major sports league it is so that you can't watch it so that you have to go to the game. Is that a thing? 
Well, I've already got my cane, my top hat, and my monocle because I'm a Braves owner now, so I'm just going to march into the boardroom and demand they construct a Braves streaming app. I'm an owner, damn it. Give me give me some Braves. I bought some shares. I got I got the Class A stuff, too, that gives me voting rights. I need, Now, so Fubo has Braves games. It's like 90 bucks a month. But I learned a trick from our, my old buddy Carter. You know him. You know him, too. You get the Fubo, you start watching the Braves, and then midseason you call and say, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. They took 60 bucks off. They said, what if we give you 60 bucks off? Will you stay at Fubo? And he goes, yeah, I'll stay at Fubo. So that's pretty awesome. I'm going to do that next year because I don't want cable anymore. I don't watch any of it. The only reason I pay the ridiculous bill that I pay is so I can have Braves, Falcons, and Hawks, and Dogs on demand. I think Hulu is good for college football is what I've heard. Yeah, but I – I don't know, man. It just sucks because I was going to Netflix it and have either my brother or my nephew up in Philly get the MLB package, but you can't do it. You can't have multiple logins. So if he's watching the game up there, I can't log in, or my brother's watching the game, I can't log in. So that didn't work, and I'm just trying to figure out. And nobody could ever tell me until now, and now I know Fubo has it, but I, I really would like when, when Bally goes under and the Braves have to renegotiate. Like I think every MLB team should say, screw any television station and just take that power into their own hands and have a streaming service. And you can pay $60 a year for Braves TV. Like the Yankees. I don't know if you can stream the yes channel, but they have their own channel and you, you know, well, in a, so the NFL network and, and all that, the, whatever the, whatever that, the direct ticket or whatever, the Sunday ticket, Sunday ticket or, or whatever they have going on now, because I'm sure it's different. And I, I just don't, I don't deal with any of that, but I, I understand the NFL being what it is, why it is what it is. But when, when you have Bally, like why why couldn't you guys figure out how to just let us pay to watch all the Braves and Hawks games? Yeah. Like what why how is that how is that so hard? Do you know how many people would have paid for that? Well, I came up with an idea and nobody I you may I may have talked to you about it and you may have throwing me a couple of well here's why but i i don't under no i don't think i for my brain right now is saying no one's really broke it down for me to make it make sense but why not have cable or, or some sort of platform where you basically say okay comcast i want to watch braves games so i need bally food network hbo and espn and that's it that's all i want okay that's ten dollars a channel times four or five channels it's 50 bucks why can't you have this like on-demand channels and you can construct your own channel guide and, and pay for, you know, because now. Because they'll make less money. Yeah, I get it. Because now. Or would they make more? I'm like paying a, like 200 and something dollars a month just so I can turn on the TV and watch the Braves whenever I want. Right. And if you do. I don't watch the other channels. And now HBO Max has all those. Now it's Max and they've got Food Network and DLC and all this other stuff. So I'm just, I just. It needs to improve. That's all I'm saying. We need a better way to watch our teams in every, every, every market, from Arizona to, to Florida to New England. Every team needs a better way to, to get, their, get their sports. It, with with the way streaming services are going right now, like I get if you're like a network, like if you're, you're Peacock or if you're Paramount or whatever you are, whatever channel, I, I understand having your own streaming service. When it comes to something like sports – wouldn't wouldn't everybody make more money if you were just allowed to pay to stream your team 
I think more people would jump on board and maybe get rid of because what you think about here now is I got a guy at work. He said, "Man, we cut the cord, but now with all the streaming shit we have, we were paying we're paying more." Well, yeah, I mean they're going to get the money back one way or another if you want to watch stuff. But it, like for me, like I I have too many subscriptions, but I I just don't I I, I want to watch what I want to watch. It it is what it is. But I again I don't have the access to the sports that I really want to watch because that shit is so asinine to me. Yeah. Like you have to, in order to get college football, you, you have to get all the rest of it. And I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to do all that. Yeah. At first streaming made sense, but now it doesn't because now it's like, well, I love Yellowstone. So I've got to have Peacock or Paramount. Well, I love this show. So I got to have Netflix. I love this show. I got to have Hulu. I love this show. I got to have Disney. Like back in the day, Hey, do you watch Hill Street Blues? Yeah, Channel 4, Friday nights. Not now. It's like, do you watch this? I don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that app. No. Well, okay, I'll share it with you. Oh, hey, man, I just got kicked off. There's too many people in, uh, watching on your app. So I'm, I'm thinking I might just cut Netflix and all that crap and just go back to cable and just have all the God, you know, every channel under the damn sun. And, just rock and, that, and, rock and if that somebody's watching... Life. You know, well, God, man, because there's going to be another season of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Game of Thrones, the new one. So I got to watch that. See, they're just, they're too smart for us. They know we're suckers for all this crap, and they're going to come out with an amazing show that I'm going to want to watch. So it's like, I can either steal yours or sign me up. I got friends that will actually sign up and watch the season and then cancel it. And then a new one comes out, and they sign up, watch the season, and cancel it. That's just too much work. Long story short, we need a better way to, to watch sports, period. Somebody get on that. Maybe, maybe Believe, with all these crazy uh, streaming deals and everything they're making, maybe, maybe Believe's priming themselves to take over ESPN. Maybe they're going to believe that be the, be the biggest sports network there is. I hope so. And we get friends and family discount. Yeah, and we come wildly... Uh, Wealthy. I don't care about being famous. That's the only thing that worries me is if, if this podcast really does start to take off. Like, we're going to get yelled at at ball games and stuff, and they're going to hate us and punch it. us in the face or knife us or I something. Don't, I don't, don't want to get stabbed or punched, but we bring the yells. But anyway, guys, it is after 7 o'clock, well after 7 o'clock, and the Falcons and the Dolphins are playing. We've been talking with you for about an hour now. Siri's got to be quiet. But... What we're telling you is football officially is back. They're playing preseason games. They got two more to go. Then toe meets leather for the real deal. We have under 25 days until the dogs put toe to leather as well. And we make a run at number three, three in a row. Man, and I don't care what anybody's saying. I would rather have our pitchers and everything struggle a little bit now and, and kind of cool off a little bit. I said I would like to see this happen. Mind you, we still have till the end of September of regular season baseball. We play regular season baseball for at least six and a half, seven more weeks. Everything's going to be fine, guys. We're going to get guys back healthy. People are going to start to get their rest. You're going to start to see some, uh, you know, as, as the season winds down, and we know we're, cl- we're going to clinch early, and you're going to see some Charlie Morton's missing a couple of starts and, and you know, throwing a young guy, throwing a dot or a Schuster out there. You're going to see Snicker and his gang start to set this team up for a playoff run. Start playing chess. Continue yes. playing chess. Yeah, they're going to keep playing chess and, and make this thing happen. And by the way, just a little fun fact, Matt Olson is the 
fastest Braves player to 40 home runs ever. And he leads the league. He has put his team in the lead 25 times this year. That's a league best. Matt Olson has given us the lead 25 times. So, that being said, Atlanta, we love you. Atlanta, we need you. We need you. Thank you for tuning in. You guys in New Zealand, you're great. I don't know who you are, but I see you, I see you tuning in. China, China, people are listening to us. Uh, everywhere. If you're tuning in, I don't care who you are. Thank you so much because our goal here is to make this the best Atlanta sports podcast. And August 4th was officially one year. But you know what we're on now, Kamish? We're on a streak. We are. Three makes a streak. We're going to be back next week. Well, you know, we said we might not be. I don't know. We'll play it by ear. If we don't see you next you're, week, you're it's because we're something. out supporting our team. Yeah. It could be 20 minutes just real quick. Hey, we're headed down to Falcons Bengals. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Who knows? We may talk about ice cream for 20 minutes and jump off and go see Falcons Bengals. So. I'm a huge fan of Twix ice cream bars. That be, Yeah. Oh, Snickers, man. That's my jam. So, guys, I'm just telling you right now, uh, we're going to keep coming back. Please keep tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your neighbors' friends and your friends' neighbors all about Believe in Atlanta Sports. Big things are coming because now that we're on a hot streak, the commission's about to get on the horn with the guys that believe, and we're going to discuss some things. And I'm telling you, keep coming back because we're going to keep coming back. I I feel rejuvenated now. Uh, It seems like our schedules are jiving, and we're able to do this every week, and it sure is a whole lot of fun to get in here and bat it around Toss it around, kick it around, whatever you want to say. And then we start talking about things like live shows. Live shows are going to be great. Live calls. I renewed. Guess what I've got? I got 17. 17 Atlanta United games. Oh. Season tickets, Delta Club. I got them. Put the word in today. I can't go to all those games, so I'm going to have to sell some off, but I'm already working on that. I know the commission will probably buy some, but. My HR director at work's going to buy some. I think another guy's going to buy some. But, yeah, I got all the Atlanta United tickets. And they weren't that bad. If you had to guess, 17 games, two tickets, Delta Club. And you know where those seats are at because we've sat there. Great access, great spot in that stadium to watch a soccer game. 100 bucks a seat. Well, for the whole season, it was 3600 for 17 games. Two, two tickets to every game. That's not too Bucket, shabby. Bucking some change? No, God, yeah, no. Not, not too shabby. Seats. So, anyway, we're going to be out there. We still got to get down to some ball games. Uh, the commission is going to start working those uh, connections at the restaurant, see if we can't scare up some more free tickets. But if not, we'll buy some because I've only been to two games this year. That is, I, that, that will not stand. So we've got to get down there. But, again, we're prattling on now. We just want to tell you, go Falcons. Turn on that tube. Come join us next week down at the bins for Falcons Bengals. But we got to get out of here, Atlanta. Until next week, we love you. We need you. You stay safe. Good night. Do you believe? 